Today on Happy Second Fuse, Tim Roth on turning down Snape, television, and Tarantino. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. It's time for another episode of Happy Sad Confused. I'm Josh. This is Sammy. That was like a, a melodic, I'm beautiful try- in between the alliterations with the T's. I'm just trying to the- be more soothing to the audience. I, I just feel this like is my the ASMR podcast. Yeah, my, my voice is so shrill and aggressive. I need to just like we mellow want our out. listeners to relax. I want you. <laughs> To slowly get off the treadmill and think about you what you've just done. You think people are listening to this while they're working out? What do you think? What that do you think? this is their pump up, their pump up <laughs> podcast. I'm going to listen to Josh Horowitz and get my pump on. <laughs> I hope they don't put it that way. Yeah. I I only work out to Tim Roth conversations. I as one should. Yeah. I think most of our listeners are probably uh, in the car, the car yeah. or walking. See, I can't relate to, to the work. car, as we know. I don't drive. Yeah, I, I, and I try not to move not around adult. much at all. Yeah, I did, I did my podcasts in at the gym. I don't listen to music. I never listen to music. At yeah, the gym. you're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> like I listen to the soothing sounds of NPR to work I out. I do a little fresh air, a little Mark Maron. Also, just to clarify in the intro. Uh, Tim Roth didn't turn down a sexual opportunity with Snape. He turned down the role of Snape, no, we also, correct? We also turned, yes, yes. Okay. So, yes, to clarify, thank you. Because I was up, confused. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> well, luckily, most of the audience is more intelligent and quick than you are, Sammy. Well, you would think. No. Um, yes, Tim Roth is the guest this week, and uh, there's a lot to cover with Tim Roth because he's had an amazing career. He's sitting at 100 credits on IMDb wow. as we speak He today. can't do anything else. I told him that when he was and, leaving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you might as well retire. It's a nice number. It is. Um, he's promoting a new TV show that I, I, I very much enjoyed. I watched the first three episodes. It's called Tin Star. It's on Amazon Prime. It comes out September 29th. I looked at my notes. September 29th. Um, it's a 10-episode run, uh, and it's it's kind of like in that vein of um, a little, little Fargo-y, a little Noah Hawley kind of vibe. Like it's a little blend of like uh, um, of violent drama, but a little bit of dark comedy to it too. Um, Tim plays a um, like a small town cop, um, kind of fish out of water, um, who moves his family to, uh, I think it's like Calgary or Alberta, um, beautiful landscape in Canada, and um, the shit hits the fan, right? I mean, like this is a, this is a show that grabs you from the start. If you watch it, uh, the first uh, scene is like a crazy moment, <laughs> and then the last scene of the first episode is another crazy moment. So if it doesn't hook you by then, give up, because uh, it's got a lot in the first episode, and uh, I, I was very intrigued. And, um, he always plays real intense... What's he like? Well, I can't it's imagine. Interesting. Yeah. He's, he's very, he's actually in the conversation. I've never had a, a lengthy conversation with him before. He's very like, um, I mean, he, he just feels like comfortable in his own skin. Like, I mean, he's a bit of a neurotic in that, like, he talks about, you know, like many actors, still even at his, this amazing stage in his career, worrying about when the next, where the next job is coming from. But at the same time, um, he seems like, you know, he, he just he's, has a very uh, a, a cool ease about him. Um, and he's a really, uh, actually a great uh, conversationalist and, and tells some really good stories. It was a really uh, fun uh, chat about, um, I mean, the filmography of this guy, like when I, when I started to like look at it, he's one of those guys that like, yeah, you've seen him in, in dozens of things. But I looked at the films he's done. He's just done so much great work. He's been, he was Oscar nominated, arguably for not like one of his most memorable performances, though Rob Roy is, is a pretty good film. But like you know, obviously the Tarantino work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's done kind of a little bit of everything. Like he's he's worked with like everyone from like Woody Allen to Vin Vendors, and he's done you know the comic book movie Incredible Hulk. He's done TV before. Um, he's just. Uh, 
always working, always working with interesting people, and is always great. He's he's cut from that same cloth. He's the same generation as Gary Oldman, um, and they they've done a couple films actually early on in their career together. Um, so he, I'm surprised he, you didn't just stalk him about Gary Oldman. Then we talked a little bit about Gary Oldman, but um, but even afterwards, like, so tell me, what did he eat? What did he? <laughs> yeah, gotta get Gary. On you the love podcast. Gary. Yeah, everybody loves Gary. He's got and Gary. Hopefully. I'm definitely on that train because he's um, very much in the Oscar hunt for Darkest Hour. He plays Winston Churchill. So hopefully before Oscar season is said and done, we'll get Gary on the podcast. Yeah. Everybody secret it. Everybody put it into their... <laughs> put it into Write a their, note. Put yeah. it in your hope chest. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the man of the hour today is Tim Roth. And um, uh, it's, it's a, a conversation that touches on a lot of different things. And um, one of the things that, as I mentioned in the intro, is uh, he... Maybe infamously, maybe people know this, maybe people don't. He was offered the role of Snape in Harry Potter. It's crazy. And he's like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it. Well, you know what he did? He did. He kind of took the Planet of the Apes role instead. Oh. Which, you know, I mean, there are pros and cons. For all of us. Well, I mean, look, Rickman did an amazing job. I'm sure Tim would have done a different kind of thing. He talks about like how he had a much different take. Um, Interesting. So, um, yeah, this was a a fun conversation with really one of our, our, I I wouldn't say underrated actors, but maybe just take him for granted. Underappreciated. He's just always great. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully decades more of fantastic performances coming. And certainly this show is is a a fine performance and there's already second season greenlit. Oh, that's a good sign. Yes, always a good sign. Um, What else to say, Sammy? You just got back from Iceland. Oh, yeah. Got back from Iceland. You're so adventurous. It's amazing. Look, guys, you know how I roll. Did you do any spelunking? Spelunking? Is Sp- a, what a great word. Spelunking? Spelunking. No, yeah. There's no spelunking. There was no extreme sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see a lot of wonderful nature. I was on a glacier for the first time. Wow. I uh, went into a big cave. And, and you're still and found my way there. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it was touch and go at times. It looked like the inside of my brain. I went to Cafe Loki. At which, come on. So, just for the record, I did not. It was. It was actually for the record, everybody. Because I was accused, not not nefariously, but on Twitter, I posted or Instagram, I posted a photo of me at Cafe Loki, which I thought was fun, considering, you know, our our long association. The beautiful with Mr. connection, Hiddleston. yeah. Um, it was not my choice. It was actually my wife had selected this. It's a notable uh, cafe restaurant in Reykjavik. Very good food. I would recommend it. And I took this photo, and then a lot of people on social media sent me back a photo of Tom Hiddleston, sure enough, in the like exact same pose outside Cafe Loki. Because normally you do all of his vacations right after he does them and take all the same <laughs> well, pictures, but this one was an accident. This was an <laughs> What did he order? What did he order? How did he stand? Was he he smiling or was it a serious one? He was smiling. He's always smiling. Um, So yes, uh, I would would recommend uh, Reykjavik and and Iceland for, uh, from New York, it's a very quick flight. It's a cheap flight. There's a lot of, it's a huge, I was telling you before, Sammy, huge tourism industry there. Um, And there's like a lot of, uh, maybe it's not your kind of vacation, Sammy. I was going to say, it sounds a little nature-y for me, but... But I'm not super nature-y. Yeah, I think if you could do it, I could do it. Okay, let's not. Come on. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's fair, true. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. So, yes. If nothing else from this podcast intro, take away uh, Iceland as a good recommendation, especially if you're on the East Coast. It's a quick flight. Uh, it is expensive once you get there, though, guys. Okay, good. Noted. And, it, and, and you have to, if, you, if you're squeamish about eating whale or puffin, as I would never eat a puffin because they're adorable. But you'd eat a whale? I did have a couple bites of whale. How was it? It was fine. 
Ugh, you're a monster. Okay. <laughs> you're a monster. Oh, and I what? we won't say who. Yeah, this is... Uh, we, but we, there's something crazy I happening. Know, we like to tease things. We, we shot what I think is, is certainly in the top 10 after hours yes. for me over the years. And um, it's kind of... I hate kind of teasing it because we're probably going to hold this for... Um, at least a month because the project the person uh, is promoting doesn't come out for a while. Hint. Yes. So here are the the hints that I will offer. Um, It is somebody that, though I've done a bunch with, has never done a full-on scripted after-hour sketch with. Correct. And this person, I would say, is generally regarded as one of the finest actors on the planet. Correct. That's all I'm going to give right now because you you guys have over a month to guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And maybe make a, a meal of it. Someone, I still can't I think, believe you got Barack Obama to do it after hours. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> someone on Twitter did already. I saw. Yes. And I wanted to fuck with you and like their oh, answer, and I knew that that would just ruin your life. You no, know, in this time of despair and potential nuclear war and the decline of the healthcare system, there are good things still happening. Still, <laughs> yeah. We here at After Hours are still delivering. We're taking care of you. We're taking care you guys so uh yes if we all survive another four to six weeks you'll have an amazing after hour sketch i think the internet will really enjoy we should have it like if anything happens to us to still release it <laughs> in a capsule. yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they go through the detritus of the nuclear post-nuclear warfare yeah. they find a canister and it's up in the sky <laughs> um yes so look forward to that uh but in the meantime if you can't hold out for four or six weeks Here's a, uh, a very entertaining chat with um, truly one of the, the best actors out there, Tim Roth. Remember to check out Tin Star coming soon on Amazon Prime. And uh, that's all I have to say, Sam. I thought you kept saying Tim Star. And I was like, Tim Roth is in a show called Tim Star. I'm, I'm Star. Tim, <laughs> Tim Star. Star. <laughs> no. Oh. I, I kind of wanted to see that show, though. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed now. I guess I'll still tune in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy this chat. Tim Roth is taking in my office. What are, what, looking at all what, your what, stuff. What do, you, what do you judge me as? What do you, this is basically an adolescence office. Well, this is my 14-year-old. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. You have a good mate of mine looking right over your shoulder. Wait, which one? Uh, Kurt? Oh, of course. I mean, come on. One of my best friends. <laughs> Kurt and Quentin oh, were, were in for, uh, for were they, that Did film. they come in? Yeah. Oh, God. That was back-to-back. It was like an amazing two hours of my life. Uh, aren't they funny? Oh, my God. They're I, funny. And Kurt, I mean, as you know, Quentin you, knows more about film than anything. And Kurt just loves to tell stories, and they just yeah. And and the thing, I mean, we had uh, we are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing it. So we had a thing on hateful eight. We had a coffee group, coffee circle. <laughs> we said once we got to LA, when we done that, we'd done that up in the cold. But we had like a, a coffee clutch, basically. Amazing. And and it was the lads. And whoever wasn't in there freezing their nuts off was right. was um, outside in the sun having a cup of coffee or having a smoke. That's what they were doing, and ch- chatting. Well, there no, there's no uh, phones or anything allowed, so you have. No what else are you going to do? You might as well no. talk. So they're well, sitting and they're swapping stories, and it's one of the best I'm things sure. you've ever seen. Make your sh- you'd love it on your show. And they they um, so they're just telling. I can only imagine. It was, it was so fun. And then we started to do, when we couldn't find each other, we started to text each other. And we're still doing it. I hear you, The text group continues. It's still going. I was, just, I was texting this morning. What's, what is the top, what's the general topic of conversation? Anything. It's just, it's catching, catching up. Okay. Where in the world are you? You know, because there's a, a bit of that goes on. 
and um, and then sending pictures to each other. Like, and... like are we talking like gifts or just photos of things? Like all are they kinds. Inappropriate material, hopefully. Probably. <laughs> and and it, it's just and it's all of us. It's the mob. There's not one of the the hateful eight that is not a participant. I don't think so. Everyone's just on it. And then you fade out because you're sure, busy doing something yeah, yeah. and it's still going and you fade back in, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. I was excited to see you and, and Jennifer got a little mini reunion. I just finished up watching all of Twin Peaks, which oh, was, how was that oh my you? God. I haven't amazing. seen it. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the fact that like 18 hours of new David Lynch directed material exists in the universe was just like, as soon as I knew. That will do. That'll do, right? I yeah. Mean, come on. I, Talk about people that do their own thing. With. He's amazing. Well, Eraserhead was one of mine when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I went to see it over and over again when I was, you know, because it was in a cinema in London that had been squatted by these film nuts. <laughs> really? Yeah. And they would get prints and they would show movies and you'd go along and, you know, sort of watch an all-nighter of Polish, sort of obscure Polish films and stuff. And mm -hmm. then that showed up. <laughs> and we fell in love with the woman in the radiator, the rain, raining uh, placentas or whatever it was. Yeah, for me, it was of all things. It was I was eight years old when Dune came out, oh, yeah. and that like blew the back of my brain out. Yeah. What am I even watching? It's, what is this? it's crazy. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say so. There's there's a lot I want to talk to you about. Uh, we should mention just okay. up front that uh, Tin Star is the show. We're gonna get to that. I'm, I, I I I really enjoyed it. I watched the first three episodes. So oh, uh, congratulations on it. Uh, I hear you already have a second season that's been greenlit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. I was good trying news. to figure out where you're at in three. Well, what no, happens? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> or, oh, let's, let's, let's work around. Um, I, I was because <laughs> uh, yes, they, they they pack in some, uh, some I major seen twists. It. I know what I, I was in it, so I know what's up. Yeah. Um, but oh no, threes. You're just getting started. Oh, you're just getting. Started. Please, the first episode. Like you think it's one thing. That's insane. That's why I did it. So, okay, okay. Let, 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 let's start talking that yeah, because because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched the first episode and and talk That's about a bold move. Talk right? about grabbing an audience yeah. uh, with the first scene, and then by the end, yeah. kind of turning it on its head again. How important is like the first scene in a script, the first couple of pages? Well, it, I don't. It, from what I can tell, because I haven't seen it, but it's cut differently to the way it was okay. written. So I didn't know that was coming. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm not looking for a TV show to do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually don't know when what I'm looking for ever. So it's just I'm just reading something, you know. And I'm starting to, I start cackling. Because it's good and I can see where it's, you could play around in it and change back and forth and all that stuff. And then that happened. I was like, oh, where's this going? And I wanted to know. So I thought, well, that's all right then. If I do, then the audience might. Yeah. So with a bit of luck, over to you guys, you know. Um, and, it, and then we started to play. When we started to shoot, shoot it, we started to, because... Rowan, who, who created it, he directed the first one. And he watched us improvising, me and the kids, right. both of the kids. And then, and with the mum, and, and trying to, we had, because we had a short amount of time to get this family across. Sure. Before devastation hits. Yeah, I mean, we should say, without, without ruining it, like, the, the, it opens with a burst of unexpected violence. Yes. We'll, so we can say that. Yes, I think we can say that. <laughs> um, so, it, so I thought, I'll have a yeah. go, you know. I'm I, I, Rowan is the son of, of Rowan Chaffee, who, who we've also well. worked with. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a first, I would think. I think it is. <laughs> yeah, I think it is, actually. Yeah, we did uh, yeah, really ridiculous costumes. I, uh, with Roland, I had, a, I had a, a, a wig that made me look like I had a cock on my head. It's worth checking out just for that. <laughs> Which one was that? Remind me. Battelle. Battelle, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in this, 
in this one, I mean, were you looking for TV, or did t- or were you not? Were you constantly not looking for TV, or no, what was No, I, the... I, 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 I truly, I don't have a plan at all. That which I think is kind of a plan in itself, really. But I don't. Um, so I don't know what's around the corner ever. Yeah, and. And then this just came, and and in a way, I had done television, but I'd only I'd, I'd done television in Britain, and I'd done television, like miniseries type thing. Right. I, um, but I'd not done a long like ten episodes of a story that hung together, so I was quite interested in that. And they just bought the lot outright. I mean, this kind of format, as you as you all know, like is kind of like the the format du jour of, of television these days, these kind of like 10 episode kind of runs, which must for an actor be great because, you know, when you even when you did Lie to Me, that probably was like a 22 episode kind that of was, run. I would, we did, all, I think, 58 in all or something. That's a grueling. It is. I mean, it's not <laughs> grueling like... I mean, you're not digging ditches, but... No, it's, you're, you're doing all right. Um, but it's you've got to keep your wits about you and you have to be, you have to have some some sort of backbone. I wouldn't like to do... The kind of television where you you just show up, say your words, hit your marks, and bugger off. Mm. I would, I think, get very bored very quickly. And th- this role in particular, I would think, because you go to some extremes. There's a Jekyll and Hyde nature yeah. to the character. Yeah, it's um, you know, not only are you, is there presumably an arc for this this one character over ten episodes, but you're kind of playing in a, kind of in a way two different characters in a sense, yes, or, or two of. sides of a character. Yeah. Um, they blur by yeah, you'll see. Gotcha. You're <laughs> <laughs> never sure. It's shown up. But it, it's surprising to me because, like, I don't tend to think of a 10 episode, like a long, I mean, a you know, decent sized run of TV as collaborative. Like, usually I feel like it's more of the show up, okay, what they write last night, deliver the lines kind of a Maybe, thing. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it just wasn't the way that we, we, we did it. It's certainly, and, I, and it may have been just, I'll tell you how, how really kind of how it started was when I, I arrived in. Uh, on the on the location, Calgary, which is where we based ourselves, and there was one of those awful read throughs that you have to go through for the execs, right? right? So, I hadn't met my who's playing the guy who's playing my boy. I hadn't met the daughter, and I hadn't met um, my wife. That's crazy. And we were starting to shoot in about four days, and now I had, I, I, I went right, and they were sitting on. Around, yeah. size of the room different size of the room I went and stole all their things put them right next to me got the script out we, I think we were reading two episodes of something for these guys and I just started re- reworking I started just sort of get, get, cut that cut that to move that around there that's good bang 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 and started to play and Rowan was, lo- Rowan was looking at me and, and then I started to wind up my daughter and the boy kept t- threatening to shave his head and he actually took me seriously <laughs> um and the missus, and we started to have, start the back and forth started there, because we need we didn't have any there time. There was no time. Yeah, we yeah. had no time, and it kind of when we were filming bled into the uh, into the um, episode, the first one a bit. Yeah, there was a lot of that back and forth. And he said, "Do that, play it," you know. And we were mucking about, and he was getting it. He was, and it kind of is how we went after that. It was he would they would write it, we would play with it. You know, we have to get him off on the phone half the time because right. he's busy doing whatever they do, right? And then finally, I think by the time we did, we did one episode, which is episode nine, um, was improvised. 
completely improvised. Um, the story was absolutely yeah, you, you knew the beats you had to get to, but and they and he, and he he gave us. You're back to like Mike Lee territory, a little coming bit. full circle. Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, but Rome was kind of up for it, and then we and it's a specific episode, and that's why. And then it, it right. keys into what happens in episode ten. I'm intrigued. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Do you do you ever um, pick a project based on location? You're certainly in a very interesting locale in this. You shot this where you said uh, I've filmed Calgary up there before. Bloody freezing. Yeah. Um, is that how how high does that factor in when you're taking a job? Location. First office script. You know. Um, to be honest with you, quite often you'd just rather be home, but that never happens. You go, I've got work for a living. You know, so it's, it's it's okay if I have to be in, in you know, in Thailand or something. Let's hope I can get the kids over, and let's hope I can right. bring the misses, and let's you know, and I hope it's a decent project. You know, yeah. Are the kids grown now? Where they're you all have, grown, yeah. So you have a little bit more. They're up and about, yeah, a bit, yeah. So I, when I was when I was prepping to talk to you, and I've always been a great admirer of your work. That being said, when I looked at sort of like just the filmography, the thing that really struck me was the directors that you've worked with. The it, right. it, I, I want to just run through some of the lists because it's right. it's an insane list of not just like great <laughs> filmmakers, but like interesting filmmakers oh, well, and okay. disparate and like. And this is just this is a tip of the icebergs. Yeah. Mike Lee, Stephen Frears, Robert Altman, Stoppard, who's never directed again, yeah. Tarantino, James Gray, Woody Allen, Vin Vendors, Nora Ephron, Tim Burton, Werner Herzog, John Sayles, Coppola, Michael Haneke, Ava DuVernay. So that's like, you know. Oh, Ava's on there. <laughs> I love Ava. That's 20%, maybe. That's 10% of the directors yeah, you've worked yeah, with. Yeah. But I, I don't, that, that to me speaks volumes of your taste, of their taste in you, sure, of certainly luck factors in there. But like, I don't know, what, what strikes you about, I don't know. I worked with Crispin Glover. Is that right? <laughs> From Just back, so you know. my Back to the Future poster. Yeah, sorry he, about He's that. a unique one. He's amazing. He's so funny. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. So, but, but tell me, is there a common denominator in the directors that, you, that you're attached to? Is there, or can you kind of work with anybody? No, I mean, I, I, like I say, there's no structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you don't you hope, hope to be inspired by whoever it is that you like, working with David Lynch. You know, you hope to be, you hope that, that you can live up to them and that they're worth living up to. Right. That's kind of where you're at. Did any of those, that list or, or others kind of surprise you in terms of like the preconceived notion of what they were going to be versus... They always do. Yeah. You can't, there is no preconception. Just you scrap it. First day, see what happens. Just get in there and start working. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, have you, and you, you last directed and you only directed one film. Yeah. Many, year, many years ago now. Yeah. And, I, and I was a great fan of that work, The Grey Zone, which is a, a tough, a yeah. tough film to say the least. Um, did that change you as, as an actor, you think, in terms of your relationship to directors, having gone through that? No, I think, yes. Well, actually, yes, and yes, yes, it did. In a, I, I mean, I did it because enough directors, I've been annoying enough directors, I think, with my opinions and mouth about shit, that I feel like, just go do your own film. Right. <laughs> you know? So there's that, you know. So we, but when the war zone came, it was, it was in book form. It had they had tried to do it uh, before Danny Boyle was attached at one point. Oh, wow. um, Barbara Broccoli um, Bond had producer, it of course, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just c- couldn't couldn't get it off the ground, so we started from scratch. 
was, was was that a story that you felt? I mean, it's, uh, you've talked uh, you know openly about the abuse that you, you yeah. suffered and your dad suffered, and this is a, a film for those that haven't seen. Sure. That's about sexual abuse within a family. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing to watch, but it's it's a great <laughs> it's, but it's a great piece of work. It really and Ray Winstone, obviously it's one of our amazing, finest. Right? I mean, amazing. I know. Um, what, did that feel like? A story, even though it wasn't your story per se, a story you had to well, tell at the time, or I felt it was in safe hands because um, the thing is that Alexander Stewart, who wrote the book, didn't write it because of that. He wrote it because his son got very ill and died, and he wanted to write something about how about how precious life is and and how the and those relationships, and that's how it came about. The mm. book. I think I think he used that as a, as a device to deal with it. And there were elements in the book that, having been on the inside of it, um, just felt wrong. And so we talked. We were he worked very 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 closely with me on scripting it. And um, I said, I got you on this one. Oh, you know, I've got your back. <laughs> was was your dad around at the time? Was he? No, he was gone. Mm. Uh, he, I wish he'd seen it. Oh, probably he probably wouldn't have. He probably wouldn't have seen it. He's, he. He was very funny. He he he, uh, he he wouldn't come to the theatre when I was in doing plays and that because it can't be in crowds. You know, he was a tail gunner in bombers. Wow! In the Second World War, he was a he had a tough old life. That fellow. He was from here. He's from New York. Did he live to see your film work at all? He or? saw Made in Britain and he and he called me up and and he was crying and he said, "I didn't know you could do that." I said, "Join <laughs> <laughs> the club, <laughs> me and the rest of the world." Yeah, right. <laughs> And uh, he was happy for me. He, 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 so he was born in Brooklyn, right? He was Sheep's Head Bay. Amazing. So was yeah. he? Did he have like dual citizenship? Was he? Was he? Was he? Did I he spend time here at all, know. or is he? I, they were. My family is such an enigma. They're bonkers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, he was here until he was about. I think it was eleven, and then they got on a ship and they went to Liverpool first they, and he was put to work in the factories there and then and then I think a brief stint in the paper mill down in Kent but he the factories were so rough yeah. that they threatened to run away and so the family moved down to the hop fields which is in Kent in the south of England and they, um, they, put, they were put to work in the fields there so when the war ha happened, he was 17. So he, well, that's six years after being in the States. Yeah. He joined the Air Force, ran away underage. And he ran a, it was better to go to war than what he was living. <laughs> <That's telling. laughs> yeah, right? So he, he, yeah, he went off and he was in the, in the back end of bombers for four years or so. Yeah. It's amazing to think just in the span of like, you know, three generations, your father, the, the childhood he had, childhood you had, yeah. and your kid's childhood. Oh, yeah. In terms of... yeah. My boy in London is a man. In London is an actor now as well. And, and I've got a musician and probably a director as well tucked away in there. So, yeah, they're all... It's better than... than it, they definitely having a better time of it, I think. Was a, what was your relationship with, like, American culture growing up? Did you, ha did you have much... Was, was it mostly, like, British film or British actors you were in, interested no, in? Or was it American No, you wanted to... You, it was proper movies, you know. You wanted to... You just... The Americans, it was always that. The idea of it is quite phenomenal. I mean, the idea of... The, I've, I've had... I worked in a supermarket. I worked in a pharmacy. We call him a chemist. Um, I've delivered newspapers and i delivered milk. Uh, those are the other jobs I've had. And I've acted and directed, and that's it. 
So I was very... Oh, I did sell advertising over the phone to people who couldn't afford it and didn't want it. <laughs> How were you with that? Crap. <laughs> that's crap. persuasive your yeah. heart wasn't in it I was, my heart was not in it but they used a lot of out work actors to do that kind of job I'm sure yeah. improv skills yeah they give you a script <laughs> so when did, when did was it made in Britain that, that ended that other life in terms of like side jobs no and... not really what happened was I uh, it, there was a teacher at, sc- at my school who spotted me I, I auditioned as a joke but she's I asked her later what she saw and she said I thought you were in danger and she said I grabbed you and this, she's one of those one of those people she's an amazing woman this woman, Jill Walker's her name and ended, ended up moving up into the north and looking after her kids and doing, mm. she's one of those one of those fantastic people so she snagged me and put me in this bloody play at school and then started to get me this is how you audition. Right. This is how you get to do this. Go, okay. I there's a. I know that they're looking over at this community theatre. There's this group. There's this. You know. And she started to help me find my feet. And then once that happened, um, you start to think for yourself a bit. You know. Yeah. And then I just got belligerent. I, I got very. Meanwhile, I went to art college. Right. Sculpture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and they 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 told me to. I was taking the piss because I was off acting. So they said, go find out if you want to be an actor. Was, was she right? Were you like, getting into trouble? Did that focus you and kind of challenge Yeah, we were running away from school, basically. And we were hiding out in the, in the West End. And we, mm-hmm. I would have been in very bad trouble, I think. Yeah. So, who were, I mean, who were your contemporaries at the time? I mean, you know, you, I, I think of like, you know, people bunch you in with like old men and Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis. They were a couple years older than you, but like... But, Gary was coming up. Yeah. I saw Gary on stage and he was incredible. He's a great theater actor. That was is what you guys haven't seen. Yeah, I was gonna say I would oh, kill to man. see him do it's, that again. Yeah, he's he's got that. He's got the chops. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but really, the reason I wanted to be in film, the reason I got to, is um, is Ray Winstone, and I went to see Scum in uh, in the West End. In London, and I, I saw it like three times in a row, and I, I just was mesmerized by him. And Phil Daniels, too, who's in that, too. Phil, because of Quadrophenia, obviously, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he's sick of hearing that, but it's true. <laughs> and then I got to work with him. But, um, but really, but Ray, watching Ray in that film was just one of the most amazing experiences. And I said, I want to be that. I want to be that. And my first job, which is made in Britain, was directed by the same guy. And then my first time as a director was with, with Ray. So was did you have to, <laughs> did, did you have to fight for Ray for for uh, for, for your film? Yeah, I'll tell you that guy is as bold as they come. I was kind of I put him on the on the back of my mind because Gary had just used him in Nil by Mouth, you know. Right, right. And I was like, That's oh right. man, they're gonna th- I'm, I'm gonna get shit for it. <laughs> I kept meeting actors, and I was quite it was quite astounding. People really wanted to come and, and do it. And I thought, I'll get him in, for fuck's sake, get him in. <laughs> so I've got this thing, it's about five flights up. It's a tiny little office, I'm set up, I'm, I can hear the sound of these footsteps. And he walks into the office, and he's cut, he's out of breath, and he's he- dressed head to toe in Russian military camouflage <laughs> outfit. Head to toe. Like that. And he's like, hang on a minute. Like so he catches his breath, and I'm just watching him. <laughs> And I said, when we sat down, he said, 
well, it'd be good to play a good guy for a change. <laughs> and that was his first line. That's amazing. And I went, that's, that's the guy. That's because if you take that out, of, take that out of the film, just take that piece in the bunker yeah. out, prove it. Right. There it is. And that, and he's so, so, so accurate. And I couldn't, I could, how, you couldn't deny the force that came into that room. Incredible, that actor. It's interesting because, like, I confess, and I'm like a obviously a film, a huge film geek. It took me a while. I mean, I had seen him in your film, but yeah. like, it was relatively later in his career that in the states here, I feel like that we came to appreciate. Yeah, you guys got him late. We did. We didn't you, see. You him. Definitely did. Um, Scorsese got all of him. You know, right, for departed. And, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But but he'd been about. He he. He was know, a working, successful actor. He just had. Oh God! Yeah. 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 He's he's quite a uh, quite a thing. I mean, considering you know where. Where he was dragged up. Did, did you have were were there like did you have like rivalries or feel like competitive with your fellow your peers at the time? I mean, you, you and Gary appeared in a couple of films together. I think we did too. We did Mike Lee um, thing meantime, and then Rosencrantz and which yeah. was a laugh. No, I was kind of inspired. I mean, I was get I would get nervous meeting them because. They were a lot of them were already up and running. I right, mean, they were serious. Contenders. He, had a bit of, he had a bit of a head start on you. Whoa, man, yeah. Um, and he was bloody good. No, you just steal. My, th- I, I, you, unabashedly. If you're hey. in. Oh man, look at that guy go. Whoa. And the idea of coming to America came from Gary, because Gary came over to do State of Grace, mm-hmm. and um, and he was telling me about it, and I was like. There's no English over there at the moment, right? And there's plenty of room for pasty-faced London. <laughs> As we now know, <laughs> yeah. All, well, no, well, <laughs> yeah, I know, but we were the first ones. Yeah. He put out, he built the bridge, and I climbed on it. And what was, was, it, was it Reservoir Dogs that really was the that awakened for the American audience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that, I mean, I, Quentin, correct me, I'm sure, but I think the reason that the he was interested in me, Quentin was interested in me, and, uh, uh, was because of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, oddly. Strangely, Tom Stoppard's only film he's ever directed. You know why? He said, I will, he, because <laughs> a lot of people wanted to direct that. I think Scorsese wanted to direct it. I don't and, doubt it. That yeah, script's amazing. It's a, it, which he wrote that when he was 27. Insane. Uh, yeah. But he, he said, I'm the only one that will treat the uh, material with any kind of disrespect. And it's healthy. <laughs> you need that. Yeah. And he's also cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have to address the, amazing, the influence on each other of you and Quentin. Right. Um, when did you know that this guy was, had the stuff to back up his bluster? 20 pages in. I already knew. You just knew you reach for the fun. You you cannot believe what you're looking at. If you go back and look at that script, you can see there's a great filmmaker at work. I didn't know that he'd already had to sell True Romance, Natural Born Killers. Killers. I didn't know that. He told me all of that later. But but no, twenty pages in. Because I, I, I probably at some point I read some of his scripts years ago, but like everyone always says, like you read his scripts and they read like great to re- novels, great like br- brilliant. Yeah. The, the stage directions are as entertaining as the dialogue. Oh yeah, when we when we did the reading of we did a staged reading of Hateful Eight of the script that got right. leaked, and he read the stage directions, and it was the most fun. <laughs> and he would talk to the audience as well. Do that. 
Yeah, I'm sure he's a hound. And he, he, loves would, he would slap us about a bit as well. <laughs> I mean, if, we were, if we were taking too long with something. Oh, he's workshopping it then. He was figuring it out. He's amazing. Was I read something somewhere, this might be uh, not true at all. Was there ever talk uh, that you and Gary were in line for Pulp Fiction for the... Um, for Vincent, Vincent and Jules, have you ever heard that? No, I've never heard that. Okay, one. okay. No, I've never heard that one. So we we already addressed that the text group continues. So you and Quentin are, are friends outside of these collaborations. Um, we we are we chat. Yeah. You know, I saw him the other night because it's a quarter of a century since we made that one. Yeah. So we had a bit of a get together in LA and and one up here we did. But yeah, we see each other. You know, the thing about Quentin is he's always on the move, and he's he loves to go see movies. So he will just go to a festival. Right. And he will, you know, and then while he's doing that, he's writing. I know. And, he, and I'm, I'm so curious, uh, when he was in here, he talked about, I'm curious about the stuff we've never seen. Like, have you read some of his scripts that, or, or, or film criticism that he's written? He said he's been, like, writing film criticism for years. He's going to publish a book at some point. Like, have you read some of the stuff that no. we've never seen? No. And, and he's told us about it, too. Yeah. And we're all like... Yeah, let's have a look. That's that mother. Really but he's just—I <laughs> mean, my God—he's—he's—he—he's he's an encyclopedia. Truly, he's they had a thing. They had a game going on set. Bruce Dern and and um, Quentin. Yeah, that we were just rolling our eyes. The two of them. Oh man, crazy! It was Bruce would name an actor. I think, it, and you'd have to name three things that that person had been in. I don't want to be good and they game. were I can't. They were really <laughs> trying to outdo each other. Like, really trying to... Um, I don't think he ever got Quentin. He might have got Quentin once. Stumped him. Right. But the two of them going at it. They'd be across the room. I'm sure. And they were all sitting there like this. Get on with it, would you? And I was, they, you know... I was telling you when you, when you walked into the building, like, how I've kind of given up the, the junket thing, as we all hoped yeah. one day. And I, I think one of the last ones I did was for that film. And I remember talking to Bruce, and he is so not a junket guy, i.e., like, I asked him, like, they, you know, they were rapping me. They are like, you have one minute. I asked Bruce a question, and he gave a ten-minute anecdote about working with Hitch, and everything. Oh, yeah. it was just yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah, no, he's the thing. <laughs> you know, that's what, the, you know, you want to be with a fast speaker. Right when you're when you're kind of when thing. you're doing when we're doing it, you know, I did two of them honestly, but he's just intriguing. He talks to me about football, English football clubs. He's crazy about that. Right, he's basically a bit of a gambler. Well, right? well, he he was a runner. That's right. In our yeah. Yeah, 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 he's a real deal. Yeah. Um, have you read the Manson project that no. Tarantino's got? No, he told us about it, but. Um, gotcha. You know, we 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 stay away. You're like, when, you, when you're ready, yeah. Now, after the, yeah. the debacle oh, of the last one, you don't want to be the one to leak anything. So that was so infuriating. Did we ever get to the bottom of that it? script? Do you do you know who? No. Where that went? I ain't saying nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have your theories. Um, I want to hit some random things. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of "Everyone Says I Love You," the Woody Allen oh. film. I really am. I've seen that one. <laughs> I recommend. I it. I have seen it. You know why? I I wanted to be in a musical. And my wife loves musicals. But I wanted to find out what the moment was like where you stop speaking and you, you start singing. The person song. That's a big moment. I wanted to, I wanted to know what happened. And then the afterburn of that. Mm. See, I, and I saw I got to experience it just for a second. Did it feel like... It's, it's weird. You're jumping off the ledge or was yeah, it... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, and you've got... You got the click track going, and you're having your conversation, and then it here it comes, and then you've got to go for it. And you and it was, you the thing about Woody Allen 
when his deal with that was that you could choose if you wanted to sing or not. It was oh, up to interesting. You. And it wasn't about being a great singer. It was about yeah. the actors doing that. And, and some of the some of the voices in it bloody awful. Mine, mine was too. But it didn't. I just wanted to experience it. The, but there was an unexpected. I, you, it sounds like you haven't seen it. But there's an unexpected kind of poignancy for me to see kind of like these non-professional singers kind of just. I think so. I think op- it's open themselves up. It's myself. yeah. But I, you know, I know I did watch that one. The reason I, I can say I did watch that one because I kind of sat with my wife and watched it. And she just, she just started crying. It's I was a like, sweet movie. result. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, Planet of the Apes has its fans and detractors. I will say, like, even in a film that's that's flawed, there are a couple of truly great performances in there. One of them is, is yours. I would put Giamatti is doing some really cool oh, stuff in there. It's great. Hilarious. Do you have fond... I mean, the makeup must have been insane. Is, is it... I would fall asleep while they were doing it. And then they just popped me up when, they, when I needed me to sit up. They wake me up. So you, I, I was down with it. I was fine. You enjoyed it? I had the best makeup crew ever. It started off as a five-hour makeup and ended up as a two-and-a-half-ish. They were incredible. And I just kind of... I've always liked the physicality of things. So I just... Mm. The guy who, who was my stunt double was also... Is, is a, is a, um, Terry Notary. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Done, he's done stuff on the amazing. New Apes films film too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we would just get into it. Yeah, we were we had the best time. Have you have you done or are you interested in like the performance capture stuff? Is that kind of thing? Um, like, I've only done it with the Hulk. I've not done it right, with right. any. And and we brought Terry on, but on the Hulk from I said you oh, gotta right. get this guy. He's incredible, and he did the Hulk. Interesting. Yeah, and then I think he did Avatar, and he's done. He's done a ton of these. Yeah. Such a cool does that guy. does that does the experience again on, on Hulk, which may have been a mixed bag for you? I don't know how you look back on it. Does, does that color your like willingness or interest in doing another comic book film? Have they come calling? I do it. I'd be it. interested. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's all it's they make now. Fun. <laughs> you know, but you want to do. I did. I mean, that was that. You know, my my dad's a monster. You know, you got you got your frock. My dad's a monkey. My dad's a monster. <laughs> you're pretty much covered, yeah. It's, it's well, you built some psychiatric points. bills too, no, perhaps. No, 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 it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Now, is yeah. it, is it apocryphal or true that you, speaking of Planet of the Apes, that you turned down Snape to do that? It that isn't. It, it 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 sounds kind of arrogant, but what had happened was I'd said yes, and they were they were being really really cool about it. I got Planet of the Apes as well, so and I. They were going to fly me back and forth, and it was going to be like that, where I would be doing one, and then, and then, I, and it was, I was, it started to make my head spin. And then, I mean, I know I really wanted to do um, uh, the Harry Potter things because I was reading them to my boys, and and uh, I was yeah. kind of down with that. Uh, but it just, I didn't know if I was ready to stop, and I felt that if I did. If it did do what I thought it was going to do and did do, it would be a hard, a hard one for me to break out of and try and get back to work. Yeah. For me, I wasn't ready yet. Well, even even I mean, you know, the late great Alan Rickman. I mean, I spoke to He's him. He's perfect. Though. He was amazing, and and but I spoke to him actually just a few months before he passed, and and he he had just directed a film finally. He had returned to directing, and it took him a while, partially because his, of his DP. Is that right? Yeah. I called him up. He's one of the first people I called up to ask him for advice. Amazing. <laughs> so one of the only actors that are, he directed. Did Winter's Guest? Uh, yes, Winter's yeah. Guest. And then he did one right before his passing, right. actually. So yeah. I called him up and I, and I said, have you got any, any, anything to tell me? Any kind of recommendation? He said, sleep. <laughs> Just get lots of sleep. 
And that was it. When, you, when you eventually saw his interpretation of Snape, was there any bittersweetness? Like, oh, I would have done it a different way? It or? would have been very different. Yeah. It, and, and that's okay, too. Mm. No, 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 no. I, I was actually thinking about it today. You were talking, it came up, and I wonder if they would have let me play it the way I wanted to play it. Well, that's intriguing. What was your take on it? It would have been a very different guy. It was just what came to my mind when I was reading it. Well, to what the came, boys. Elaborate. You can't just leave me hanging like this. He would have been. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, it, no, 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 I can't. But 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 it, but very different. As in, as he would have been different from any actor. Sure, sure. I mean, you just you bring what you got, right? I just would have. I would have brought a different bag of tools along. Uh, I want to mention mention one film that I've only seen once, partially because it, it's a great film, but it's also talking about films that are a tough thing to watch. Funny Games is is, oh, is maybe yeah. the toughest film to watch for an audience. It was horrible to be in. <laughs> Michael Haneke. I love him. I mean, an amazing. It's not about maker. that. It was. I found it personally very very difficult. I found it, it's hard to do because you're. If, he shot the whole thing in sequence. So you start... You're the, going on that journey. You're, you're going on it. And you start your day that way, where you've left off the, the day before. And, and uh, it was incredibly distressing. And the boy, who I loved, looked just like my son. <laughs> and I just couldn't get my head around it. I think I, 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 it was heartbreaking, that, being in that. Well, it's it's almost like and then it's, Naomi it's... was like bold as brass. There she goes. You know, you got to love Naomi, right? <laughs> but it just feels so like. Yeah, at least I remember at the time, it felt like the reality of it was almost too great to handle. Like it, it, this is oh, this is what it would be like to go through a horrific home invasion. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a, a virtual no. reality I don't need to experience. And and, and you know, Brady and 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 Michael were Michael brilliant. Did, yeah. mm-hmm. They were brilliant. Yeah, they were just, they were just as, as sweet as they come, and they were. It was very. I mean, you're working with proper goods, so you're all right. Yeah. It was it was all in my head yeah. that you know I you know it was one of those ones that I just couldn't shake it. I sure. could not deal with it. It was tough, and I did I didn't have the toughest part. Weirdly, right. you know. I'm surprised it took this many years for you to work with David Lynch. Actually, that feels like that that that's a match that that could could have worked on many different films. Yeah. Um, had you ever discussed anything before Twin Peaks? We, no, not not with him. With with his daughter. Um, Jennifer yeah, yeah Jennifer she was going to direct me in a film and he was going to play my dad um, maybe one day we'll get to do it but that's about it hmm. but but he's he's heroic yeah. you know his film making is and his television astounding so I just was like yep what do you want me to do and unbeknownst to me cast Jennifer, and um, it was like, and he didn't cast us because we're in Hate for Late. Just thought we'd be good together. <laughs> no, that's very true. Very right. Good instincts. <laughs> I love, I love him for it. Are, are there, are there certain directors that you you're surprised or disappointed you haven't worked with yet? I mean, like, you know, I think I, I watched something like Ten Star. And it has a little a little Coen Brothers thing to it. I would say maybe they don't have me. What? They've got Steve. <laughs> Super Buscemi and no, Tim they've Roth. Got Steve. They've got Steve. They won't have me. Do you find that you go up for the same roles? You probably you're interchangeable. No, I don't know. I well, he's a, I, he's just oh god, he's adorable man. <laughs> but no, not really. He's 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 busy. I'm busy. Right. But we saw each other recently for the first time in a long time. 
I remember sitting with Steve. Steve was having a tough time, man. He was, it was, you know, trying to trying to get a job. Yeah. When I was actually doing funny games, we met over in Brooklyn in the studio there. And uh, next thing you know, I wonder was it was it Boardwalk it was that kind of just revived before it? that happened? Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. And there he went. Huh. You gotta love that. I love that stuff. A little prestigious HBO show can do a lot for somebody. A little, a little. Yeah. God, was, man, it's, it's incredible. Was there a fallow period for you where you felt like, okay, I had my run, and it's it's just it's drying up? It feels like you've worked pretty I continuously. I always feel that. <laughs> I do. I have a very very healthy fear of unemployment, and that's that's a very British thing. Is that uh, where it comes from? You think I think it's, so. Yeah. Well, and, and seriously fierce work ethic. Like, yeah. Is, is it... Annoyingly so, I think. But it's not, it's not self-doubt in your ability. You, pr- you know you've got the chops and, you, and you're, you know, without tooting your own horn, you know you can do you, the job. Yeah, but you want to keep everyone going. Mm. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, you, got, you look after the family and you've got to keep that cracking along. Right. And I like that. And, um, and so, so you... Yeah, I, you know, it, this was this was six months away from the mob, <laughs> and, and was going back to do another six months on it, and and I would fly out as much as I could to home, which is in um, California. But uh, but even so, it's a long time to be away. Yeah, and it's hard. That I, I yeah no, I'm driven by unemployment. <laughs> and I think, it's healthy, maybe. I think it probably keeps is, you going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what's the longest you, you go without working? Are you always, is it just like a month or two and then on to the next? No, I, if I know, the best situation to be in is if you know when the next one is and you've got, you've got a gap. That was, that was good. I had that when we did Lie to Me. I was like, give me, I'm, I'm going on holiday. Yeah, Bye. it's the closest to a day job an actor has, or a theater, I guess, but that doesn't Network. pay. Network is. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so, a whole different animal. Because you, I, I think you said at some point that like you thought by 50... It might. Oh not, yeah. It might. I thought maybe mid forties, I'd be. That'd be. It wouldn't be happening, and then it just started to get even more weird. Well, I was going to say, I think for an act, for a male actor yeah. in particular, actually the roles kind of get more interesting. Well, it did get. It got really weird. It got really like, oh, oh, all right, yeah, I'll do that. I'll have a bit of that, and you know, mm. and you started to go, and it, and then it, 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 it really got quite wild. I, I, I was talking to my wife about it. That you know that. They gave me a TV show to do. I think that's all right. <laughs> I'll have a go at that. Sure, I'll take a bit of that. You know, and then they want to do it again. Yeah. Um, and I, it was good. It, it it's been just this incredible ride. But if but taking, really ignoring structure is the most important thing for me. I think in that, although it's it's scary, you don't know what the next job is going to be. Right. And and. Doing Lie to Me was interesting because I it was just an experiment for me. I just thought, oh, I'll see if I can do that. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't care about the, the barrier between TV and film. They could screw themselves. I don't come from that anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just had a go. And it was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I hated it at first and then really liked it by the end. Do you, do you consume much in the way of TV and film? Are you... No, I'm old movies. Except my kids... We have a couple of things that we do. Um, I should, should, maybe I should. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, one of the things that we have in, in my house with the, when the boys are around is crap movie night. <laughs> and you, have, you, got, you get to pick a crap movie, right? Mm-hmm. And you, get to, you sit and have a beer and you watch it and you just enjoy it because it's such fun. Right. I'm not saying which ones I would never say. Okay. But 
that's a thing that we do in our house. I've been in some of them. <laughs> so, you know. And then, um, believe me. Uh, <laughs> and are then, you giving live commentary on your own films? Or you say, they do. <laughs> the boys, I get, I get grief. And then, I think you can make big money on a podcast just commenting just, on your own films. <laughs> just this sort of little camera in the kitchen. Um, and then the other thing that they've done, that binge watching thing, which sure. I, uh, they started me on, I'd never, done, I'd never done before, which is now this is how people watch their telly, right? So we binge watched Rick and Morty, right? <laughs> which was excellent. And I want to do a voice on that so badly. Oh, we can make I that really, happen. Oh, Come I on. really, really want to do it. And then... Then Walt's television show came out. Um, oh, Vice wow, Principles. Oh, I haven't seen the new season yet, but oh, yeah. Oh, God. So we sat, we watched the whole lot. <laughs> and, and of course, they know him a bit, so they crack. It's so funny. And then my middle boy made me watch, which wasn't hard, um, Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> um, we, we started with the movie and then both of the TV seasons amazing and, maybe, and we watched a lot and it was such a laugh we had we had a great time doing it together have you done like any comedy on that extreme and that absurdity level I'm four sure? rooms maybe four rooms, I guess. but that, not a little that. bit yeah yeah that was more cartoon yeah uh, no and is I, that out of your comfort zone is no, that I'd have a go yeah I'd have a go I was trying to do one um, with the wonderful funny or die mob yeah um, but my schedule just got buggered up so I can't do it but they're doing something really really good um, but I did do um, one of their little um, sketches that they sure. funny or die I think I did one called Prostitute okay which is which is worth a look I'll look it up yeah, 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 yeah. and I, I fell in love with all, all, all of those guys I think it's one of the hardest things to do absolutely and you're really placing yourself in the hands of the director and the editors and all of that to get your timing you just have to give it up to them I no, I've no, I've just never been invited to the party well, you were hereby invited to my party. I was telling you before, I do a lot of sketches. If you look to your yeah. right, you'll see Michael Shannon on the wall doing oh, something no, very oh, stupid. Okay. He was... I was in a, I saw a movie that he did. I'm going to lose it. it was, I was judging it. It was one of the films that uh -huh. we saw. Maybe it was in Venice. 99? 99 Homes. Great Oh, movie. my God. Rami and Barani, the director. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Just. Underrated movie. Yeah. They've just collaborated again on Fahrenheit 451. Oh, did they? Wow. That's going to be intriguing. I think he's incredible, that guy. And what I think, the, what I liked about that was it, it was multifaceted mm -hmm. what he was doing. He's there, a clever actor. I think there's a drinking game associated with this podcast every time Michael Shannon's name comes up because he comes up every he episode. He must do. Because he's, he's got to be a he's favorite, the right? He's the best. Yeah. Um, so this is good. I mean, talking about like knowing your schedule, you probably know your schedule a bit for 10 Star Season 2. I do. That's good. Is that the next gig? Is that where you... No. I'm, I'm doing... Which I can't, I can't talk about because they haven't done the announcement nonsense yet. Okay. But um, I've got two movies I'm doing before. And they're both with very new directors. Um, so I'm kind of jamming them in got it. before I have to go up the mountain again. Why, why has the Star Wars baddie thing not happened yet? This feels like inevitable that yeah, this is... Let me. Jeez. I know. I know. <laughs> James Bond... Where's Come the James on. Bond action? <laughs> yeah, there, there was a, again on the like IMDb. It said that you were in the running for Obi Wan Kenobi way back when. Do you remember, was there a, any conversation? Oh God, man, I have no idea about that one. Okay, maybe uh, lost in your maybe, email pile. Maybe. <laughs> um, I just no. It's it's. 
a friend of mine, one of the, the woman who plays my missus in um, Tin Star, Genevieve mm-hmm. O'Reilly, she... O'Reilly. Oh, is she the... Orly. She's the young she's... Mothma, I think, in, the, in Rogue One? Was she in... Yes. Yeah. It's so she's connecting. part of the family. She got to put a good word for you. Oh, God, she's so funny. Come come. <laughs> so we'll have you in a Star Wars movie and Rick and Morty. Okay. And we'll get you... And I'm going to convince you to do a sketch here next time you're in town. Yeah, and then, and then and something with Will Farrell. We'll do that. Okay. And I want to work with Kate Blanchett, so that's definitely on the list. Oh, you never... Yeah, you and Kate. We almost got... There was a moment where I almost directed her very, very early on, just when I was thinking about going back and doing another one, but I, and I couldn't get the money together for it. You got you got a, got a, a few decades yeah. left to to hit uh, all these I'll, things. You'll I'll be fine. There. You'll you'll but get there. But the um, but she's astounding. Yeah, so genius. Uh, well, congratulations on Tin Star. As I said, I'm always a fan of your work, and I was very impressed by this one. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the rest, including episode nine, which is completely improvised, which sounds amazing. I say that, <laughs> but the thing is, I say that, and and it it's came from him. Yeah, that's what's interesting. It's just it's whether the whether the producers have got the balls to let us. Have a go. It's good to have ballsy producers. They really do. Uh, We'll check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, I think, September 29th, 28th, 29th. So check it out, everybody. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for stopping by today. Pleasure. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) Ha ha ha!